My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the patreon is the uh the group chat tell you what these guys are some excellent minds tons of fun the fire in there is amazing great platform to post trade questions debate rookie values share insight interact with some cool people from across the globe you know shout out to those guys in australia they're blowing my phone up all the time you know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Monday and welcome to the Devi Warzone. That's right, the Devi Warzone. It is your host, Memphis. You can follow along with me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And with me tonight is not the normal Devi Warzone crew. Everybody's busy. They're enjoying Monday night football. But we are ready to roll out something that we're going to be rolling out the rest of the season. What do you mean by the rest of the season? Like, like today is officially December 14th, and we're going to do this every single Monday from now through Labor Day. We're calling it the Devi Warzone Mock Draft Monday. That's right. We're going to invite random guests, random friends from around the Twitter world, from Devi and Dynasty services around the industry, and we're just going to do a mock draft. Sometimes you're going to do a very basic, boring, one-round, one-QB, non-tight-end premium. We're going to do that tonight. Uh, and then maybe next week we'll do a two-round Superflex tight-end premium. You never know. You just got to subscribe and tune in on YouTube, sometimes podcast. And you'll never miss a mock. And I am not mocking alone. Uh, Let me introduce you to the man whose voice you're familiar with from Dynasty Coffee Talk with Matty Big Chest, as well as the FlexCast. And he is our graphics guru, MFL Fixer Upper Deluxe. He is on Twitter at Matty Big Chest. Matty, welcome to uh, the the show that you kind of co-host sometimes, but always make look good. Upward <laughs> thank you for the uh, thank you for the great introduction. Uh, it's great to be here. I love drafting. I love everything rookies, as you know, because I have so many rookie crushes on uh, this 2020 class. I cannot wait for the 2021 class. Yeah, man, absolutely. And thanks for jumping on with me. Obviously, the rest of the Devi crew, Jerry, Shane, and Kane were tied up. Shane and Kane were recording that Devi marketplace. But I'll tell you who wasn't tied up. He was nice enough to join us. His name is Matt Hicks, but you can follow him along with Matt on Twitter at the FF underscore educator. Now, Matt is a host of the TDDR podcast, uh, and that is the Dynasty Devi NFL Report. 
Um, he is a next level dynasty and Devi dude. So when he kicks me and Maddie's ass, it's not, it's not to be shamed. Don't shame us. Do not shame us for having Matt kick our ass because he's the Devi expert, but he's here to join us. Matt, man, welcome back. It's been a little while since you've been on the zone. Yeah, man. I'm excited to be on here. Uh, listen, uh, I know a lot of folks are, are focused on fantasy football playoffs. I got my teams there as well, but, uh, I am well focused on the 2021 rookie class. So I'm glad there's other degenerates talking, talking, uh, 2021 class already. Oh yeah. And before I, I tell you what I had to teach young Gerald Sinclair, my normal co-host on the dynasty war zone, why don't you uh, take a minute and tell us what you've got going on with your work. Uh, I know you've got a patron. I know you've got a lot going on and you're in the circle. And I call that my Debbie circle of trust. There's Matt, there's Shane, there's Kane, there's Nick Whalen, there's Ray GQ. It's a very small circle, but Matt is firmly in the circle of trust as it relates to Debbie. So, man, what have you got going on? What, what do these people need to know and where can they follow you? Hey, well, first off, I appreciate that. That's some high praise right there. Uh, if you want to get in on on the insight that I can give in the Devi game and the rookie game, it's patreon.com backslash the FF educator. And what I do, I do a couple different things. I have a Devi uh, rankings list as well as my dynasty rankings list. Uh, you know, both of those go 400 players deep. Obviously, the Devi side of that is kind of, you know, the real valuable things. A lot of folks have those dynasty rankings out there. Uh, but, you know, I kind of have my eye to that college game as much as possible. But what's going to come in really handy here in the draft cycle, and the thing I'm putting a ton of time into right now, is my 2021 rookie big board. And so what I actually have laid out here, it's 125 players right now. It'll probably go 150, 175 by the time we're done. Uh, All those players are going to get film evaluations. I track their strengths, weaknesses. Um, I have a unique formula that I grade on um, based on tape for a fantasy football-specific outcome. And so all of those things are available, uh, patreon.com backslash the FF educator. I will say uh, I offer some more things, but all of those, uh, the rankings, the big board, uh, those are all available at my uh, low tier uh, because I'm trying to make this as accessible as possible because I just want more folks to get hype about Rookie and Debbie, uh, you know, just like we're excited about it. So uh, anything you're going to hear me rant off tonight about a prospect, I'm reading off of my big board and my summaries and my evaluations. So uh, I, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to talk about that, and, and I hope the folks check it out because I want to bring more folks into this conversation. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the whole point of Mock Draft Mondays. It's that we're doing it. You never, you never know who we're going to have on, and you just need to be following along because one thing that I have found that has helped me which in turn has helped our listeners and our our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone that has helped that process is the more you draft, the more you know, the more you know, the more comfortable you are. And then, you know, tonight we're we're fortunate to have you. We had Ray GQ on the regular dynasty warzone last week. We've got Nick Whalen tomorrow on the, on the, on the mothership podcast. And it's that collective IQ. It's that collection of people that are very talented, that have been doing this a long time. Well, here's my little low-key thing that I, uh, I'm doing this year for the patrons is I'm going to pool everybody, you know, as we have them on. I'm going to start, you know, putting them in there 
And I'm going to do the collective IQ rankings this year. I started to do it last year. It's quite a time commitment, but um, but that's not why you're here, man. You guys are here to hear some mock drafting. So what we're going to do, we're going to make this short and sweet. We're going to try to keep it around 30 minutes. We are going to do one round. That's 12 total picks. I'm going to have the 102. Uh, our guest, Matt, we're going to call him Matt, not Doc, not Mr. Hicks. We'll call him Matt. He's got the 101. I've got the 102. And Matty Biggs. So we'll just call him Biggs. Biggs has the 103. And we're just going to cycle around. Now, remember, this is one QB. This is not tight end premium. And I cannot stress that enough because... There are a couple of tight ends that when we do some more of these mock drafts later in season that you're going to hear as high as maybe 105, 106. Um, you've got the Pitts, you got the, the the kid Pitts from Florida. you got Brevin Jordan from Miami. you got the, the the guy whose last name starts with an F from Penn State. Friar Moose. Yeah, that kid. Um, you're, you're going you're gonna to hear more of these tight end names. But tonight, I'll be curious to, to see if you hear a QB name. But uh, I'm going to let Mr. Hicks, Matt, go first. 101, you got two minutes to uh, tell us who you're taking and why. Yeah, 101 right off the bat here. I think in most leagues you're going to be choosing between one of the two running backs. So I hope Biggs is working on which wide receiver he wants here uh, because I'm going to kick us off with the running back. And a lot of folks are excited about Etienne out of Clemson. I'm excited about him as well. But I am more excited about Najee Harris. And I've seen some folks that not only don't have Najee Harris as the 101, but have him outside those top two running backs. And I, I really kind of want to stand up to the plate and, and go to bat for Najee Harris. 6'2", 230. The man is an absolute monster. Running over SEC linebackers, making them look like uh, Big 12 DBs. Uh, when he's out there on the field, man, tremendous strength, hits the hole hard, explosive off the line of scrimmage, gets to the second level very quickly. And for a guy who's 230, now he's not going to have the best 40 time, but for a guy who's 230, man, he can accelerate downhill. He's a great runner. But on top of that, he's athletic. He can hurdle defenders. He does that often. He's got a nasty spin move. But what I want to drive home the point, why Najee Harris is the 101 for me, he at 230 pounds is the best pass catching back in this draft class. And I'm I'm willing to go to bat and say that uh, Alabama puts him out wide. They run him on, on NFL routes. He's not just catching it in the flat. He's running angles. He's running wheels. And he's getting down there in the field. So Najee Harris, man, best pass catching back and the strongest back in this class. I don't know what else you want. He's the 101 for me. Well, before I get into my 102, which that answer should be very obvious, this is what we call a writer downer here at the Dynasty War Zone. So last week we did our rookie five by five with Ray Garvin. We did five rookie running backs. And who was Ray Garvin's 101? It was Najee Harris. Who is Matt Hicks 101? It's Najee Harris. That's two in a row. That means two for the show. And Najee Harris has got to be moving up our draft boards. It's for a long time been considered. Travis Etienne, uh, that's who I'm taking at the 102. Um, I bet you if you were to hit this young man with some truth serum and ask him if he regrets coming back, I'm going to say he probably does. Between all the headaches, hassles, and horse shit that he's had to deal with, uh, with COVID and college and, and everything else that 
He is uh, probably wishing he'd taken that NFL money, but he's still incredibly young as of today. He's about 21 and a half years old, and I am not the super scout that Matt is, that Ray is, that, that Nick Whalen is, but I'll tell you what I do know. I do know that a guy who's had 95 total receptions in college is a good thing. I think the magic number for some scouting services is around 50 as a as a college as a college prospect, and this guy's got almost double that. He'll easily have more than 100 by the time he hits the NFL draft. He'll barely be 22 years old, and I've seen mock drafts with him going to the New York Jets. And you may say Memphis, that's a horrible landing spot, and I'm going to say uh-uh, because who's he going to land with in in New York? He's going to land with his road dog. He's going to land. With Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be running behind that big mountain of a man named Mackay Becton. That that would be perfect. I, I don't think I would hate him in Miami. There are so many good landing spots for both of these guys. But since he, since uh, Matt took Najee, I had to take Travis Etienne. So that's going to push it over to Matty Biggs. Matty Biggs, you are up 103. Yeah, you know, a lot of people here are going to have Jamar Chase as the 103 but I am personally, I personally have someone a little higher than Jamar Chase, and that's Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is just putting up godly numbers at Alabama. And, you know, that's something that cannot be ignored. It's kind of similar to what Joe Burrow did at the quarterback position last year. He just lights it up his senior year, and he he's the, uh, the number one at the position. I think that Devontae Smith is going to be an instant impact as a rookie, and he's going to be someone who can benefit my team right away. So that's why he's my pick. Um, a little quick rundown because, you know, there's not much to it. I think he's the best uh, route runner. I think he's a punt returner. He's got speed. Uh, if he could add 10 pounds, that'd be great. But, uh, yeah, he looks good. Well, I, I want to say that th- this – I'll throw this one to Matt before he makes the 104 because he's the expert. I'm going to ask him for a quick uh, thumbnail on ETN and Devonta Smith. But this this group of running backs and wide receivers is going to be so tightly bunched. That's why when we're doing the rookie five by five, I'm asking the experts, "Hey, where where is the right landing spot?" Because too often we, tr- we we see these guys and they're the round peg in a square hole. Maybe they're better with zone blocking as a running back, and and that's not the scheme they get drafted to, and it's a struggle at least initially. So that's why, you know, depending on where Devonta Smith lands, it could make him higher on my board than Jamar Chase or vice versa. So, Mr. Hicks, what do you think of ETN and Smith before you give us the 104? Yeah, I think speaking to your point there, with ETN specifically, you're going to want him to be in a scheme where he can play in space. Uh, He's super dangerous in space. He's super elusive one-on-one. Uh, but his biggest weakness is vision in between the tackles. He really struggles. So you don't want him, you know, playing in a Pittsburgh, playing in an offense where he's going to have to smash the ball up the middle. It's just not going to be a recipe for success. Um, but if you can put him in an offense that's going to open it up a little bit and be able to intentionally put him in space, manufacture a little bit, uh, that's going to be a good situation for him. Uh, Devonta Smith, that's a bold pick at 103. I like it. It was not. I had uh, I had my pick lined up, uh, assuming that you were picking Jamar Chase. So I had to do a, a quick swap here. But I love Devonta Smith. You know, I was mocking him in the first round when I thought he was coming out in this 2020 draft, and folks thought I was high on him at the time. He came back and has only you know uh, improved his draft stock. Um, but I think that Smith, and, and this is not taking anything away from him. I'm not suggesting that he's not talented. 
but I don't want him to be the guy in an offense. I'm hoping, you know, a little bit of I didn't want Henry Ruggs to be the guy on his offense. I want uh, Devonta Smith to be able to work uh, not on the top corner. I want him to be able to um, have a little bit more ability to create space because when he gets that ball in his hands, we want him to be able to take advantage and just break that defender because uh, he's just as dangerous with the ball in his hands after the catch as he is before the catch. So I'm hoping he lands in a spot where he doesn't have to be the guy. Uh, picture him in Green Bay, for example. My goodness. You know, if defenses have to worry about Devontae Adams and then you have Devonta Smith on the other side just opening things up, I mean, it would just be absolutely incredible. But, uh, you know, keeping keeping on track with the draft here, this was the guy I just assumed Biggs was going to take. Um, and like I said, I'm not hating on the Smith pick at all. I love Devonta a lot. But it's going to be Jamar Chase for me. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, lit up the world in 2019 along with Joe Burrow. Um, you know, he really is the headliner of the 2021 class, 6'1", 200. Uh, such, such a strong film evaluation. He really does it all. Um, and there's not one weakness in his game for me. It starts at the top with his catching. Some of the stickiest hands I've ever seen on a prospect. He racks the ball so incredibly well. Uh, he matches that with a ridiculous level of athleticism. I mentioned he's 6'1". The way he goes up and gets a ball, you'd think he was 6'4 half the time. He really has a large catch radius. He has a high vertical ability. Um, it's really impressive. Really, really strong route runner. He gets off the line of scrimmage really well. He's hard to jam. That's one of the things that we see is one of the most difficult things for wide receivers to adjust to when they move to the NFL. If, if a guy in college can't get off a DB at the line of scrimmage, that's very concerning because DBs are not usually strong with press coverage right in college. Uh, SEC defenders, who are some of the best in the country, especially uh, it's a conference where you're going to see more press coverage, Jamar Chase gets off of that press very easily. He's got good footwork, very clean routes, runs the entire tree. He's not going to be the fastest guy in the draft, but I expect him to show up to the combine and run very well. Uh, Should be probably in the mid-4-4s, maybe high 4 4 so it's going to be good enough. Uh, Really good shot that he's the first wide receiver off the board in this draft class, and we love draft capital. Uh, So there's a lot working in the favor of, of Jamar Chase, and so... Uh, for me, I actually, on my overall big board, I have him as my three right now. It's a super flex style big board, so I have him above Harris and Etienne. The positional value will drive you to draft those running backs first, but it was important for me to put him above the running backs in my initial rookie big board because I don't want folks to forget about him just because he opted out of this year. He is still a top, top draft prospect. Well, I, I think you nailed it, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go into mine. Now, this one right here is going to be a little bit of a homer pick because there is a cluster of three to four wide receivers that I would take. Now, just a, a note of transparency, a couple of things. I'm going to go Rondale Moore. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Purdue is just 60 minutes northwest of where I live. I did not go to Purdue. I went to Ball State University, if you saw that fun video on the on the Twitter's this uh this this past weekend but I, I i am taking him now because i believe in the talent uh I, I believe in what i think nfl teams want to do but remember look at the success of the last two rookie draft classes and even to a degree of the 2018 draft class because we give so much love last year to dk and terry mclaren and so many more 
uh, go back a year. You know, that's the DJ Moore class. That's the that's the Calvin Ridley class. And you continue to see a higher and higher hit rate at the wide receiver position. And not only are they hitting and sticking, they're hitting and sticking faster. So normally at the 105 where I am now, I would be looking to take a, a shot. And in the past, we've done this, right? We've taken a shot on a Royce Freeman. We've taken a shot on a Rashad Penny because... God damn it, Memphis, they're a running back, and I just got to take a running back. You know, with more and more leagues shifting to, a lot of our patron leagues are one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and then like five flexes. Uh, I won the Trade Addict 7 League last year with like nine running backs and one wide receiver because you have, I hate to use the term, play on words, flexibility. So I'm not going to be afraid to draft more rookie wide receiver. So I'm going to go Rondale Moore. It may be a tad early. I know there's going to be people who would bow up for Jalen Waddle and Rashad Bateman, and that's cool. Depending on where those guys land in the NFL, I could be swayed to take one of those guys over Rondale Moore. And, and I know you said Jamar Chase would be the first wide receiver off the board, and I think I would agree with you. But if you look at, the, at the, the archetype over the last two draft classes, what does the NFL tell us they want in like the, the early double digits, 10, 11, 12? They tell us they want Marquise Hollywood Brown, and they want Henry Ruggs. Now, it doesn't make it right, but I am not going to be shocked if in late April some team in like the 10, 11, 12 range takes Rondale Moore, and we're not looking back and looking at each other going, man, that's a head-scratcher, but today... In December, pre-Christmas, I'm going Rondell Moore, 105, Matty Biggs. What do you got? You know, in Dynasty, you want to avoid busting in the first round. And one of the safest players in this draft, especially at a tight end position of need, is Kyle Pitts. He has one of the best floors in this Dynasty class. If you're looking to upgrade your tight end position, which you probably are if you're picking this high, you need to upgrade it with an elite athlete and someone who's going to come in as a field stretcher. If Kyle Pitts is drafted to a team like Dallas or a team like Minnesota that utilizes the tight end very well, um, he's going to be someone who you want to draft high. So I think that at the 106, I don't think it's a reach at all, uh, especially with the tight end names we have right now that are uh, producing, like we're relying on Dalton Schultz and people in our playoff matchups. Like I'm going to take Kyle Pitts and run with him. I'm wearing a Hawkinson shirt right here as I say that. And that is the we talk about it all the time with our partners over at Viridian Global, the Hawkamania t-shirt. Maddie, flex that dude again for the camera one time. Other way, turn the other way. That a boy. Hawkamania, it's running wild. I love TJ Hawkinson. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Now I still have um I still have post-traumatic OJ Howard PSTD. So I I, I might be a little bit more trepidatious with Mr. Uh, Pitts coming out of college, but I've heard him called a big slot wide receiver. And again, if, if he lands in the right spot with the right offensive mind, I may, I may rubber stamp this one. What about you, uh, Mr. Hicks, Matt, you, uh, you, you give us a little recap on Moore and uh, Pitts before you give us your one Oh seven. Yeah. Rondale Moore, I think is going to be such a fascinating player this year in rookie drafts. I think depending on where you are uh, in, you know, it's kind of a running joke, man. I don't think you can be in a fantasy football league without getting somebody uh, in your league, an analyst from Ohio or Indiana. It's like the hotbed of fantasy football analysts uh, right there in the heart. In the Minnesota. Heart. Don't don't forget Minnesota, Minnesota our good friend absolutely. Kane and Tyler Gunther, et cetera. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. 
So somebody in your league is gonna is gonna love Rondale Moore, and there's a ton to love about Rondale Moore. Um, you know, obviously uh, the speed, the acceleration, the ability, the yards after catch ability. Um, for me, you know, I do have some concerns with him. I have a little bit of concerns with his frame. Um, he is in. He, this is kind of an interesting concern with frame, right? Because you're like, oh, you can always add some weight, uh, put a little bit on top of that. He's five nine, one seventy five. And my, that man is yoked up. Like, that is 175 pure pounds of muscle. So I don't think you can put any more muscle on that frame. I think he's probably tapped out. He squats um, like four. He squats like 420 pounds at like a buck 70. It's, he, he's a physical freak. He is a physical freak. And he's going to be good in the league. He's going to be a good NFL player. I have no doubt about that. But um, I, I need to see his landing spot. It's really going to be a situation where – I need to trust that coach is going to be able to use him outside of the slot. And you can be a slot guy and good for fantasy football, but you're going to hit a ceiling at some point, right? Um, so I like Rondale Moore. Uh, on my big board, I currently have NFL projections too, and I do project him to be a day two guy only because I think there are question marks with injuries, but he's a guy who I think can really rise through the draft process. So he could end up uh, finishing up with a round one projection for me. NFL-wise, but I do have a round one uh, fantasy football projection on him on the big board. Uh, so I do like Rondale Moore a lot, not as much as some other wide receivers that are still on the board. Um, but you mentioned it. It's going to be a preference thing. It really is. And I'm all for that, right? Like, if you love Rondale Moore, there's a lot to like. Go on and get Rondale Moore. You know what I mean? Because he's going to be your on your fantasy team, and he has a high upside. Um, and with Kyle Pitts, you know, we talked about the tight end designation there, and you know, I think this is a good uh, – for me, you know, I've kind of been in this Brevin Jordan tight end one conversation because when you look at Kyle Pitts and you watch his tape, there are some questionable things, man. I mean, I see Kyle Pitts get driven off the line of scrimmage by uh, SEC defensive backs uh, when he's trying to block. Uh, you know, he has no interest in, in really engaging aggressively with players. But he, if he is a pure wide receiver in the NFL – then he is damn good, right? 6'5", 239, but he's he's one of the best 6'5 pass catchers that we've seen in college football, you know, in recent years. And so one thing I'm actually doing this year, and, and it's a little bit new, uh, I have specific formulas for how I grade all my positions. I'm listing some players. I have about six of them on my big board right now that are listed as athletes because I like them better when I consider them athletes and I'm going to wait for the NFL to tell me how we play them. Uh, you know, and I, I like to every year learn from my lessons from the year before. I let Antonio Gibson fall too far down my board because I couldn't decide how the NFL was going to use him. And I should have just been grading him for his pure skills and his pure traits. So once I took that tight end designation off Kyle Pitts, I liked him a lot more. And so, you know, I try to learn a little bit every draft cycle and peel back, um, you know, and, and kind of make those adjustments. So right now, Kyle Pitts is my top-ranked athlete. He's 12th overall on my big board. Uh, when his name gets called out by the NFL on draft night, um, it's probably going to be tight end. But, you know, I think there's a 10 15% chance somebody calls out his name as a wide receiver. We get an Antonio Gibson-type surprise situation, um, you know, where maybe he goes to a team like Arizona that doesn't traditionally use their tight end position, and they use him as a quasi-tight end wide receiver um, you know, maybe a Mike Kosecki, but in a more appealing scheme. So I think there's definitely upside with Kyle Pitts. And when you look at him, especially in December, you know, I think it's a good first round pick there. It's a little high for me in a non-tight end premium, 
but I see why you made it. And I agree with the concept of not wanting to bust in the first round. And I think you get a good level of floor there with Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And the the whole goal there is that since he's playing a quasi tight end role and in a non tight end premium league, he's going to be worth more than a, a regular tight end would be because he's going to be getting those receptions. He's going to get those that perception that he's going to get more receptions. So that's why I think he's going to go a little higher in a non tight end premium league than he would go in a tight end premium because you're going to have these other tight ends behind him who aren't going to get as many receptions but will get the the volume. Yeah, I completely agree and. Uh, if we're if we're moving on to the 107 here, I think we need to start thinking about quarterback at this point in time and Trevor Lawrence. And I will be honest with you, I struggle a little bit with value because I play mostly in super flex leagues. And so this is where I struggle a little bit with value, but I'm not quite ready to take the quarterback yet uh, because there's another player that I think that he's going to slip a little bit and he's not a player that I want to let slip. And that's Jalen Waddell out of Alabama. Uh, Jalen Waddle for me, before he got injured, I was convinced and I was trying to tell as many people as possible that he was going to be the first wide receiver to come off the board. And I wouldn't have been surprised if he was a top five pick because we just talked about it. What sells in the NFL? Speed sells, man. And Jalen Waddle's going to show up, assuming he's healthy, uh, 100%, he's going to show up to Indianapolis and he's going to run a 4-3. Uh, and NFL teams are going to just drop the stack of cash right there, right at his feet, and leave it there in Indianapolis because he's going to burn at the combine. But he, and I want to emphasize this, he is so much more than a burner. He's got some of the best hands in college football this season. Really sticky hands, big yard after catch threat. Uh, The way that we fall in love with, um, with, um, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. in his prime, uh, breaking off a slant the way that we love A.J. Brown breaking off a slant. Jalen Waddle's breaking off a slant in that same way. Creates separation. Once he's got that ball in his hands, he's going to break it off, take it to the house. He runs uh, He runs a nice route tree. Not the best tree, but he runs a solid route tree. Uh, and I think the NFL is going to fall in love with him. And it's more it's more than just his speed, but his speed is going to be there at the at the foundation of it. You add that with consistent hands. And you got yourself a real good wide receiver. We're going to have to wait, make sure he's healthy. Uh, But as long as he's healthy, he's still a day one guy for me in the NFL. And so that's going to lead to some pretty good fantasy football capital. Yeah, and and he kind of like uh, Jamar Chase and some others, they've been kind of out of sight, out of mind. Even if you've been watching college football, you've not been able to see him play since he got hurt. Uh, Same thing with another wide receiver. Now, one thing I want to say real quick about Kyle Pitts before I make my next pick. I'm going to be pissed off if I draft him thinking he's going to be a tight end and he winds up getting an MFL wide receiver designation. That's why it's important to pay attention how these guys are drafted because you could think, okay, because Matty Biggs was right. It's a huge advantage to have a good wide receiver. If you like right now, if you don't, if you're playing Travis Kelsey, either in your matchup this week or this upcoming matchup, you're screwed. You're just absolutely screwed. And if you're big big invested in like George Kittle like I am or Darren Waller, normally you have some antidote. But with but, and that's what you're drafting Kyle Pitts to be. Now I'd be happy for him because tight ends get the hose as it relates to the franchise tag in in, in you know that that sixth year if they can't get a long-term deal done. But for us in, you know, dynasty standpoint, that that would suck out loud. So I am going to go back uh 
I think it was Shakespeare who said, to thy own self be true. I have always been, yeah, I see you smiling, Matt Hicks. You weren't expecting to get a Shakespeare reference on the Debbie Warsode, yet here we are. Uh, I have always been a big proponent of drafting running backs and trading for wide receivers. So I am going to make my next running back. You're probably going to think he's coming out of the Big 12 where defense is optional, wearing orange and black, and he's not. He's coming out of a traditional basketball school wearing Carolina blue. His name is Javante Williams, five foot ten, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, we talked about him last week with Ray Garvin, and he shot up my draft board. Big man, uh, obviously capable of going in between the tackles at five ten, two hundred and twenty pounds, but a better than advertised pass catcher. Um, not great. Never going to be confused for a Travis Etienne, but he is capable. Uh, it's going to come down to where he's at. Uh, he's got 50 career receptions. So that's right there, right at that magic number that a lot of draft uh, prospect sites are looking for. And let's be honest, it's a, it's a running back league. Uh, people are going to see what guys that they didn't know, because a lot of people don't know the name Javante Williams. I didn't until a couple of weeks ago. And people are going to say, well, I didn't know who Antonio Gibson was, and I didn't know who James Robinson was, so I'm going to go out on the limb and I'm going to reach for a running back. He could go higher or lower depending on where he lands in the actual NFL and what kind of capital he has, but certainly a name to keep on the radar. Uh, plays in a Power 5 conference. Uh, I like the size. I like the, the perceived athleticism. Can't wait to see him test in Indy. But I'm going to go Javante Williams and throw it over to Matty Biggs. And Matty Biggs is on mute. He's pulling what I like to call a Jerry. You, you took my pick. He was, he was my next guy up. And I'm kind of pissed because I really like Javante Williams. Um, I really like his running mate too, Michael Carter. But he's not going to be the pick right here. I'm going to go back to wide receiver. And I'm going to take... Um, uh, not Rondell Moore, but the guy from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman can uh, run every route in the tree. He's got good hands. He's not got the best speed. He's going to run around a 4-5. He's going to be like a Keenan Allen kind of type speed, I believe. But uh, he looks good still, uh, and he opted back in, I believe, this season. He's and, been uh, playing the eligibility hokey pokey. Yeah, you, you put your one foot in, then you hop back out. then you're So you never really know. But, yeah, I, I, yeah keep going. Yeah, so I mean, I really like uh, the Big Ten wide receivers. So give me give me some uh, Bateman, and I think that he's going to end up in in the back of the first round on a good team. So that's going to bode well for his development, and he's going to be someone who can blossom in year two. All right. Well, I've been cheating. I've been using a a big board that's got all the prospects, but uh, I'm using Tankathon, which uses Walter Football, I believe, as their rankings. They actually have Rashad Bateman as their Wide receiver four off the board. Actually, they have my last pick or a previous pick, Rondale Moore, as five. So, Mr. Hicks, Mr. Matt Hicks, give us a quick uh, quick recap on Williams and Bateman before you give us your last pick of this little exercise. Yeah, two really interesting picks and guys that I think are definitely going to be on the radars of, of fantasy football players as guys that some people just are, are in love with. Uh for me, you know, I think what's going to be the most interesting part of every draft, we kind of talk about there's certain pivot picks is what I call them, things that are just going to really determine the way your rookie draft goes. 
I think you could ask 10 uh, draft guys right now who their running back three is, and you're probably going to get, you know, seven or eight different answers. It, it's going to be a wide open field after we get past Etienne and Harris. And there does seem to be a movement towards Javante Williams. Um, I will say I have not watched enough games yet to do a full eval on Javante Williams. I have two, uh, two tape games. And of course I have, uh, I have this last weekend's game, thankfully recorded ready to break that down because uh, I know he, he went off this past week uh, for 200 and some odd yards against uh, 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 this, this weekend for Carolina. And so uh, I, I like Williams. He's in my top five right now. I'm going to, uh, offer as my next pick uh, a different uh, running back. That's my running back three, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, and Matt, you mentioned uh, Rashad Bateman. This is one spot where I do not agree with a lot of, of uh, Twitter right now. It seems like fantasy football Twitter is really driving home the Rashad Bateman train. Uh, and I am definitely not in the consensus with this, uh, which I'm okay with. Um, I have Rashad Bateman right now as my wide receiver eight. Uh, much lower than consensus. Uh, and let me tell you, I'm sure every time I mention it, I hear from Gophers Twitter, uh, and I've gotten, I've, I've taken my share of, uh, of trash talking from uh, Gophers Twitter about it. I like Rashad Bateman. He's a good player, um, but I think he's a really good example of guys that are, are good at a lot of things and not necessarily elite or really good at any one thing. And I think we've seen for these guys um, that rely – on um, contested catches don't separate well uh, consistently, um, that these guys don't tend to get taken. And for a guy who's 6'1", 210, uh, to rely on his contested catch ability, um, he's somebody I may have fallen in love with a couple years ago. But I, like I mentioned earlier, I try to learn my lessons. Um, and, you know, there's a there's a guy who was, was about 6'1", a, a similar height, relied on his contested catch ability. I, I really liked his route running. Uh, his name is Kelvin Harmon. Uh, and I, in the quote unquote, dirty work. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he fell to the sixth round. And I'm not claiming Rashad Bateman's going to fall to the sixth round of this NFL draft, but I would not be surprised if he's a day three pick. And you mentioned, Biggs, that he opted into this season. He didn't do himself any favors by opting in. And I know that's a difficult decision. I'm not blaming him for it. But the games that he came back in, his 2020 tape is not helping his, his, uh, his score at all. So, uh, I'm not in the consensus. Uh, I probably won't have any Rashad Bateman because I won't touch him in the first round. Uh, before you between, make your, go ahead. Mike. I'm just going to say I had another name on on the top of my mind. I want to get your opinion on him. Amon Ross St. Brown was my next pick in mind. Love Amon Ross St. Brown. He's somebody uh, – he's actually my wide receiver seven. He may slide up, uh, but he's somebody I've been trying to hype up uh, since last season because I think in a, in a very different contrast – He's got a lot of the things that the NFL loves. He's got that athleticism. He has the consistent hands to go behind him, and and he can play all over the field. And so when you whenever you're scheme versatile, I think that's really going to help you out. And one of the things, one of the pro tips that I really like to kind of give out to folks, you're almost always, and I don't like to speak you know in definites, but a lot of the times you're going to get your Pac-12 guys at a little bit of a discount. Because folks don't like to stay up late. They don't like to watch that 8 o'clock game. They don't like to watch Oregon State at 10.30, right? Or, you know, USC always plays that, like, 8, 8.30 time slot on ABC. And some folks are done with college football for the day. So you can kind of get some of those guys that don't get as much mainstream hype. 
And Amon Ross St. Brown is definitely up there in that category for me. So I'm really glad you brought up that name. All right. I just want to say one thing. When you were describing him, you said Corey Coleman, but I was hearing Inkeel Harry, to be quite honest, when you were describing the, the, the contested catch. That was his, uh, his whole gimmick. In oh no! I'm sorry, Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon. Oh, Kelvin Harmon. I, 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 I ever, never mind. So anyway, go ahead with your with your one ten, Mister Hicks. Yeah, yeah. Cor- that's an interesting one, though, Corey Coleman. That's a that's an interesting name to bring up. <laughs> I think that comes with a little bit different of a context. Um, but I think so. My one ten, uh, and I will say, if I'm going off my board, and I, you know, I don't want to influence either one of your last picks. I hope this guy comes off the board. Uh, I'm not going to pick him, but I love Terrace Marshall out of LSU. I think he deserves to come off the board in this mock. Um, but you always have to play your draft. You have to play the way your draft is gone. And Memphis took a, took running back three off the board. And I think once you take running back three off the board in this year's draft, now it's time to go ahead and make sure you get your guy. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take my current running back three uh, here in December. You know, this obviously could change uh, before we get to rookie draft season. But right now, my running back three is out of Louisville, Javion Hawkins, 5'9", 195. And I'm going to repeat his weight because I think this is going to be a common misconception as we go through the draft class. 5'9", 195. When Javion Hawkins first got to Louisville, he weighed in at a buck fifty, And a lot of folks are still under the impression that he weighs a buck fifty. I promise you, flip on the tape, that man is not a buck fifty. He is a bowling ball. All right? He's explosive. He displays excellent athleticism. He navigates the field ridiculously well. He has really good vision, great change of direction skill. That Louisville offensive line is garbage. It does him no favors, but he makes plays out of nothing, which is something you absolutely want to see out of your college players. Great acceleration downfield. And here's going to be the biggest weakness. If you dig into Javion Hawkins' stats, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, this guy can't catch. He's got barely any passes on his record. But one of the things that I consistently try to hammer home is you don't you don't knock a prospect for not doing something that his college scheme does not ask him to do. Louisville does not throw the ball. They are a run-first scheme. They have a running quarterback. All they want to do is run the ball. It doesn't work very well. They get four wins a year, but that's what they do. Um, and so with Javion Hawkins, when asked to, he has great pass-catching ability, consistent hands. But Louisville does not scheme him to do that. That doesn't mean he won't be asked to do that at the NFL level. Uh, And for me, one of the things that I always look for with running backs in particular, strength, contact balance, low center of gravity. Nobody is knocking over Javion Hawkins. It takes two to three defenders every single time to take this guy down. And I think he's a really under-the-radar type guy right now. And so I'm trying to hype him up as my running back three because I think he deserves to be in that conversation. I absolutely love it. Uh, say his name one more time. Javion Hawkins. Javion Hawkins. We call that a writer downer. Write down Javion Hawkins because you're going to be out ahead of him. Now he's going to spring up draft boards. But I, I, we need to know more running back names. And, and when people reach, uh, I'm actually going to reach for a guy. Uh, you've already mentioned his name. Terrence Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. And six foot four, two hundred pounds, uh, maybe a little bit bigger than that, but he really feels like a nice compliment to Denzel Mims. I actually wouldn't mind the Jets taking Devonta Smith because you know 
he he because his game feels like a nice compliment to Denzel Mims' game. I don't. And, and here's the thing. The Jets are so shitty that there's plenty to go around for whoever gets there. But six foot four, 200 pounds. And what I like about any prospect, it could be Bob Smith. It really does not matter to me. I like an ascending statistical profile. What do I mean? This guy had 12 receptions as a freshman, 46 as a sophomore. And he's got 48 this year in spite of no QB. And you may say Memphis, but what about... What about no uh, no Jamar uh, Jamar Chase? It's not his fault. It's not Marshall's fault that there's no one else there. He's playing the situation he's dealt. He's improved his stats. Now, he is three t- touchdowns behind, but I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. And this late in the first round, if he goes to a quarterback or an offense where they're really going to need him, I like the size. I like the red zone threat capability. Not a lot of big six foot four wide receivers out there right now, but I'm going to go... Terrence Marshall Jr. at the 111. Matty Biggs. Matty Biggs, bring it on home, sir. And you know who I loved in this draft class, Memphis, outside of DeAndre Swift? Uh, You loved Antonio Gibson. And you know who took snaps from Antonio Gibson at the running back position? Uh, Kenny Gainwell. I I think I know where you're going. Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. Damn man, name. yes, this man's got thick thighs for being 195. Um, if he can add another 10 pounds, that'd be great to see. He's 5'11". He's fast. He's got that scat back personality, but he can still run through people. Um, and he's shown that at Memphis. And he's he's just another productive Memphis back that's coming to the NFL. And he's one of those guys that I'm going to take a shot on because I like what they're doing at Memphis. I like the school. I like what they're producing. I've, I really liked Daryl Henderson coming out. I missed on that one. But Antonio Gibson is not a name I missed on, and neither was Tony Pollard. So I'm very happy with the Memphis running backs coming out. So that's why I'm going to continue to take them and go Kenny Gainwell. Well, we'll learn a lot more about these last three guys as the draft creeps up on us and we get deeper into Mock Draft Monday. But I think this is around the time where you're going to start seeing people reach for running backs. You'll start hearing names like Kenneth Gainwell. You, you might be surprised that you haven't heard the name Chuba Hubbard yet. Uh, he lost some uh, some sizzle coming back. He's the one out of everybody that we have or have not or will talk about quite a bit. He's the one who's kicking himself for going back to school. He had an issue with the coach over a T-shirt and some other stuff. And, you know, th- that's that doesn't matter to us or it pertains to dynasty fantasy football. But it just matters in that, you know, sometimes you, you think a guy's going to be huge and the guy winds up being – not so huge. So there you go. There is our first edition of Mock Draft Monday. Our very first guest is Mr. Matt Hicks. Matt, again, tell these folks where to find you because I looked. These people need to follow you. On Twitter, you currently have 666. That's 666. Hello, Satan. So make sure some, someone do this man a favor, get him to 667. And uh, let, let's actually let, let, let's let's actually get get that number way higher. I, I should say that's the number of people he's following. He's following 666. Maybe you'll be the one that he follows. He's actually got a shitload of followers, but he could always use more. So, Mr. Hicks, uh, tell us about your 666 followers and uh, where these people can find you. Oh man, I'm gonna go follow somebody right now. I did not realize that. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at the FF underscore educator. Um, I have some really awesome uh, projects coming up. Unfortunately, I, I actually cannot yet talk about them, but I promise you 
uh, there will be some really, really exciting things that I'm going to be able to announce. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, if you're not listening live, maybe I'll be able to talk about it hopefully within the next couple of days. Uh, but it will absolutely be on my Twitter at the FF underscore educator. And then really, if you are into the rookie scene, if you are trying to get ahead on your 2021 uh, uh, rookie big board, uh, you know, I'm going to direct you to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash the FF educator. I really try to make it accessible. You know, it's not expensive. Uh, at the $3 tier, you get my 2021 rookie big board and my dynasty rankings, which is 400 plus players and my Debbie rankings, which is 400 plus players. Um, but really this rookie big board, man, I'm, I'm, this is where I'm putting in all my work. These are all my scouting notes that, you know, that I would put in and, and just talk about these guys anyways. So it's everything from my NFL draft projection, fantasy football projection, strikes, weaknesses. And as I mentioned, every player has a tape grade. That is a specific fantasy football-based formula, uh, which I have uh, tweaked over the last three years uh, based on what I have seen. And I tweak it every year, not only based on what I've seen be successful for fantasy football, but also what the NFL is telling me. And I'm fortunate to have a decent ear on the ground uh, with what the NFL is actually saying about a lot of these players. And that helps inform, you know, every decision that I make for putting these players on my big board. So, you know, if you want to get in on the rookie game, uh, that's where I would direct you. And, you know, that also uh, brings you into our Slack channel, which is just a bunch of guys talking uh, uh, degenerates, really talking rookies uh, 365 days a year. So it's a good time. Well, I am grateful that you stopped in to talk some fantasy football with us, some dynasty, some Devi. And helped us put out some great content. Make sure you're following him again at the FF underscore educator. And check out all the good work he's doing on his end. Uh, and my man, Matty Biggs, he is part of our Dynasty Warzone team. But he is an amazing graphics designer. If you're looking to spruce up your MFL league, if you got that boring wet, red, white, and blue gray joint, man, we, we can't do that. Guys, if you're on MFL, you're on the most customizable, recognizable, awesome platform in the fantasy space get a hold of maddie man have him hook you up have him clean you up and get your league ready for 2021 in style he can do themes he can do marvel he can do he can do whatever you want man he did a uh, he did a, a college themed college to canton for one of our devi patreons head over to his twitter handle at maddie big chest and look at the pinned tweet you'll see some of the amazing work he's done and I don't do any work. I just do podcasts. But I hang out with really cool people. And in this case, they both happen to be named Matt. And you can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And until next time, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next Monday. Hey, guys. Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty War Zone uh, team downloaded the dynasty Warzone podcast it took one day joined the patreon reached out to memphis about a situation with one of my rosters and the kind of feedback i got was hey nick why don't you give me a call uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when i thought i was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year and that's just part of what comes with the patreon uh, just tra- uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football 
Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family.